Hey there, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. The official podcast, and I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed... John Bricado. John Bricado. So, oh man, we've been really churning these out as of late, uh, but this is a, a, a super informative one. This is one, every now and again, we get one of these, right? Yep. You know, that gives so much information, um, probably timely too, because... This is an information type episode. Uh, so if you can, uh, let us know who we have on today. Absolutely. Today we have two individuals from ZE Creative Communications, Ron Edelson and Jake Mendlinger. And they join us today to talk about kind of the communications landscape for school districts and what they do as a PR firm to assist school districts in messaging and communications. But as you'll, you'll see throughout the episode, there are a laundry list of issues and things that we need to consider as school business officials and, you know, really controlling the narrative and getting ahead of communication problems before they actually snowball and become bigger issues. So a lot of great information today. And here is our conversation with Ron and Jake. Today on the podcast, we have two guests from ZE Creative Communications. We have Ron Edelson, co-founder and partner, and Jake Mendlinger, vice president. Ron and Jake, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having us. It really is a pleasure. Thank you both. Ron and Jake, how you guys been? Been doing good. It's been a good summer. Busy, but yeah. been a good summer. Okay. Yeah, and we were talking offline. I just realized Jake's on the West Coast, so thank you so much for joining us so early. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's it, like I said, it, it really is a pleasure, and you know, to piggyback on Ron, it's been a, you know, the lead into the school year is always a, a fun time. So it's really exciting to get a chance to talk a little bit about the upcoming year, you know, where things stand. Yeah, I don't know where you're situated, but I hope you're staying dry with all those hurricanes going on. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, thankfully, like, I'm yeah. In a, Hurricane the Hillary. <laughs> oh no, that's tropical storm. Yeah, yeah. thankfully yeah. I'm in the. Uh, I've I've heard some pretty. Uh, uh, Crazy experiences, but uh, I'm in the northern area by Lake Tahoe. Um, okay, so you're uh, okay. you're dry. The, the story that I always kind of go with is uh, Thurman Thomas was a professional football player for the Buffalo Bills, and he always joked about when he got drafted that he was going to go hang out in Manhattan and the city that never sleeps, and then he landed in Buffalo. <laughs> and it was so leave it to me to move to sunny California where it snows 10 feet a day, seven months out of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, we like to get you guys started like anyone else who comes to here. Um, we're really excited about uh, you as guests because we know schools really value the resource, right, of um, public relations. So if you could both, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your company and just, you know, how you really help schools. Uh, just, you know, sort of the uh, five-second uh, background of it. You know, we were formed back in 1988. Uh, Robert and I basically came into being... Robert had some very close relationships with some of the municipalities on Long Island. Uh, he had run for office and uh, was given the resounding mandate to go into the private sector at that time. Uh, him and I had worked together in an ad agency. We decided to form the PR company. And with some of the contacts that Robert had, 
which included the Plainview Old West Bay School District, which we have represented since 1988. That's your first client. (laughs) Yeah, that was our very first client in the education field. And the Plainview Water District, which was our very first client in the municipal field. That's how this business started. And we really focused on municipalities in the education field. And we started building it up. And our reputation started building that way, especially in the education field. And and we grew Mm. from there. Great story. You know, one thing just to to piggyback on on what Ron was saying, too, you know, looking at it from a, a, you know, a historical analysis standpoint also, you know, that time was when local news was really budding. You know, cable news was, you know, just starting to pick up, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, on Long Island specifically. You know, News 12 Long Island wasn't a thing and Cablevision wasn't a thing, you know, until the the mid to late 80s. And Mm -hmm. with the growth of local news comes increased skepticism for, you know, local organizations um, and people wanting to know what's happening in their communities. Um, And for public schools where the majority of every community has every incentive to you know, be skeptical of the school district. It's incredibly important for schools to communicate with their publics, make sure they know exactly, you know, what is happening, the successes that they're having, what their mission is, and how the activities, the initiatives that they put forth, especially when it revolves around finances and tax dollars, how that connects to the district's mission and where they're moving and how they're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and that's especially true, you know, down on Long Island. I mean, you know, taxes can get very contentious depending on, you know, what what the plans are for the the district budget and the and the community's response. Uh, but but Ron, what drew you to public education specifically when you were looking to form a PR company? I've always been interested in education. You know, in terms of uh, when I was in college and graduate school, uh, part of my some of my minor studies in education. I was a psychology major, but I liked education. I had a lot of friends in the education field, uh, had become very close with a whole bunch of my professors and through just their discussions about the education field. And some of them had gone up through public schools and then gone into the, the college ranks. It was just something that I was always interested in. And I saw it growing up in Great Neck. My kids went to the Great Neck schools where the communication aspect just became, was starting to become more and more important. Uh, the idea of voting on budgets, you know, you know right. the city and other places, you don't vote on a school budget. Here on Long Island in New York State, yes, you do. Correct. And that, in terms of the importance of getting information now, to give people the why they should vote, yes. In terms of, yes, we understood taxes were high on Long Island. No one can argue any other way but to, you know, acknowledge the fact that we have high taxes. So if we're going to pay those type of taxes, why? Right. What are we getting in return for it? And the need to communicate, you know, far outgrew, you know, go back 20, 30 years. Yes, maybe the superintendent could handle it and send some information to the local reporter. But that started changing. And also, as Jake had brought up with the advent of cable news and all of that, even your local papers, they were no longer looking at themselves as purely the cheerleader of local schools. Right. You know, they started looking at themselves. They needed to be investigative reporters. They, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't gotcha. there to say all the great things about it and not deal with any of the issues that were coming up. 
so communication started becoming much more important. And that's when you started to see a firm like ours uh, become more involved with what schools were doing and getting more involved in all the aspects of communication. Certainly. Going, going yeah. far beyond just sending out a press release to the local paper. Yeah, and it's good to hear that a company like yours is so focused on education because to many of your points, it is so specific to this industry where you can't just kind of copy and paste a strategy and expect it to work in, in a public sector like, especially education, when you're levying taxes and things like that. Ron, Ron and Jake, what, what do you think is the most important aspect of what you provide school districts? And I guess, um, what do you like best about what you do? You know... I think that the one of the most important things that, that we bring to the table is our focus on the news cycle and the, the, the perception that exists in the community. You know, the I, I was telling John during the, the prep, but, um, you know, school di- a number of school districts throughout the country, throughout New York State, have incredible in-house PR people that um, you know, are doing amazing things to make sure the communities that they serve, you know, are aware of what's going on, have all the information about, you know, what's happening in their districts. Something that, you know, is is a unique kind of thing that we bring to the table is just the breadth of our, our capabilities. You know, we're not just one person and, and, you know, even in the business offices of schools, there's just so much happening that one person, you know, it, there's there's so much on one person's shoulders that it's difficult to, you know, maintain both the big picture and the small picture at the same time. Um, you know, we have a team of media strategists and specialists that all they do is speak with reporters to get a sense of, you know, what the news cycles look like, what people are going to be covering, how that connects to the school district's initiatives and what they're doing finding opportunities to promote what the schools are doing, because if no one knows about it, then it's impossible for, you know, the community, the the community to, um, you know, see things other than the way that they already do. Um, You know, one of the things that we were just talking about is the increased skepticism, you know, going to, to your point, Dr. Mitchell, but, you know, the I, I I think that the the differences today than have been in the past is that now, especially during the pandemic, everyone is listening. You know, the, the other thing I think, you know, building on what Jake was saying in terms of how we handle each school district account is that it is an entire team. The, the, the reality is, yes, we work with several districts that have internal people, but they hire us also because it's unrealistic to think that one person can do everything that's required in communication. You know, we have, co- we have copywriters, content developers, who that's all they do. They love writing, they're very good at it, and we use them for doing the newsletters, we do them for writing speeches. Um, they're, they're developing that aspect of it. But then you know, our account executives, their passion is dealing with the media, speaking with reporters, finding out what's going on, and developing the relationship with the reporter so that when something is negative, and reality is there are times when districts have issues, there are, quote, the crisis management aspect of this. By having that relationship and having the time to create that relationship with the reporters, it helps mitigate 
some of how that crisis is actually reported on and how we can deal with the press and help a district deal with the press. And, you know, every, every account that we work with, whether it be Jake, who gets involved with the crisis management and helping to coordinate, or myself, uh, and then you have the account executives, you have, when it comes to media or production, we have media and production specialists. That's why they use us. And, you know, for a lot of districts, we are the communication department. Right. And that's why, because we come at a far less expense than if you try to hire your own internal person, where those costs can range anywhere from seventy-five, eighty thousand 80000 to 120000 in salary, let alone benefits and everything else. You know, our costs are far less. And when we're being used by a district that has an internal person, our cost goes down because it's very focused on what we do. Uh, but it provides them with this, these additional resources and assets that they just would not have available to them if they didn't do it that way. So we work both ways, and it works very well for the districts we work with. You know, we've made a decision over time. We will only take on a certain amount of school districts. The, the amount of time that a school district requires today is so far exceeds what it used to be. Right. When you go back even just 10 years ago that, you know, each account executive can only handle so many and work with so many accounts. You know, you go back 10, 15 years ago or more, they can handle six or seven accounts, each one of them. That is just not the case anymore. They do not have the time to effectively work with a district if they're working with six or seven districts. So we limit uh, because we feel everyone deserves both my time, Jake's time, and even in that way. You know, if we were working with 50 different clients, how do I spread myself thin to work with 50 different clients? It's impossible. Right. And, and typically, because if you have that many clients, there are a whole lot of them who have crises at the same time. So who do, you, you know, who do I pick? I don't want to have to choose. I want to be able to work with each one, and Jake needs to be able to work with each one. So that's, you know, that's what we b- believe we bring to the table and that's why we believe we've been successful. So are you that's finding great. yourself more on offense or defense lately? It's at least 50-50. It used to be more offense. Now it's 50-50 given what. Yeah. And you guys know okay. about it. You, know, you, you look <laughs> it. You've seen what's happened over the past, you know. Everyone, you know, I think everyone thought the pandemic came, shut the schools down, we're working from home. This is going to be a, this is going to be easy, you know, we're going to have, (laughs) you know, but we're going to be able to breathe. The exact opposite happened. It became more time, more work for everyone. And it has not ended. You know, you, you guys, both in the business office, superintendents, even curriculum specialists, you're all dealing with just more issues than you ever had before. And they don't, and it doesn't seem to end. So that leads me to my next question. I mean, what, what do you guys feel is trending these days. I mean, are, is there still a little bit of a hangover from the pandemic, kind of like you had mentioned, Ron? And I mean, where do you see the next few years in terms of just juggling PR issues? And, and what are those hot button issues? Um, you know, to, just to, to go back before, you know, it's a loaded question, um, John, because, and I think it connects to your previous question, where, you know, the issue comes in that every district is an autonomous entity, right? So even though the, you know, national news cycle, regional news cycle, you know, is about schools in general, each district has to answer to the issues that are relevant and the things that matter to their specific communities and their specific taxpayers. Um, so 
not to answer a question with a you know open-ended idea, but you know it it definitely varies district by district when it comes to you know what's important, what you know what aspects of the narrative matter for the districts. You know, it, it, it's quite funny. You know, you could work for, in the private sector. You know, I, 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 I've worked in the private sector for a number of years uh, for, you know, very B2B, you know, in B2B niche industries. And, you know, sometimes in the commodities world, the industry has a narrative, but that isn't the same for schools, right? Each school has its own, you know, thing that they need to speak to. You know, the Valley Stream 24 school district needs to speak very differently to its community than the Briarcliff Manor School District. Um, you know, even though they're essentially doing the same thing, they have a completely different community with a completely different headspace. You know, one of the things that we're, you know, candidly working with a few reporters on, uh, that I've been kind of seeing the, the communication trend from communities is the push for career and technical education. Um, and this is strictly from a communication side less than an actual education side but you know the conversation is moving to being skeptical of college the push for college you know each generation has its own educational goals for its students and you know when i was in high school everyone was the goal the 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 the, the default was go to college after high school but, right. you know, with the Varsity Blues scandal, with the, you know, affirmative action, you know, issues that, that have come through from the Supreme Court, there are, is a, a budding conversation happening about whether or not that's valid. You know, the majority of students will still go to, you know, a traditional college, but still the push for career and technical education is a big trend at a lot of the schools with which we work um, and is definitely in the mindset of reporters um, and community members kind of seeing, you know, how can the school provide additional career-focused resources for our students? Um, And those seem to be, you know, rather intriguing um, academic things that reporters are quite interested in in promoting. And are you finding yourself entrenched in more political issues in terms of uh, kind of the national narrative. We're hearing a lot of board meetings kind of getting a little bit unruly, curriculum decisions being challenged publicly and getting contentious. Are you finding yourselves starting to get wrapped up in that that narrative as well? Unfortunately, yes. Um, Because it becomes a communication issue, you know, whether it was the whole masking issues during the pandemic, which became very politicized, whether it's CRT and discussions about, you know, our districts teaching CRT or not teaching CRT, and you have, you know, very, very strong emotions on both sides of that issue. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we truly believe, schools don't teach CRT, period, end of story. But as much as we would like to think people, you know, rationally and intelligently would understand that, it's not the case, so it becomes a political issue. It rolls over and seeps into board elections, and board elections have become much more uh, divisive, if you will. You know, and I think that, unfortunately, is mirroring what's going on in the country. I think, yes, we all have yes. to agree the past four to six years in this country 
have become extremely divisive, you know, where something has been unleashed and uh, it's not going to be put back into the box anytime soon. So, yes, districts have to deal with it on all sides of it. We're dealing, let alone public education and even getting down to sex education courses. And should you even be teaching sex education anymore Mm -hmm. to kids? And that's been happening in some of our districts where that's become an issue. We're dealing with that with a private school we represent, that which became a big issue. These things have become political. They've become angry in terms of how people react to them. They become ugly in many situations in terms of what's going on at board meetings and on social media. And unfortunately, social media feeds all this. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, the concept of social media when it came into being was it was going to bring us all together and allow us to all communicate better with each other. Unfortunately, it might be providing some of that. But on the other hand, you know, the sort of social media, <laughs> it has become a real bane in the side of school districts yeah. and board members and superintendents and business officials. Mm-hmm. It, and again, yes, that becomes has become a big part of even what we need to do from a communication standpoint, help districts deal with what's happening on social media, because that is a day-to-day, you know, challenge now. Yeah. There's a, uh, a, a, a cliche, if you will, in, in our industry, the communications world, um, the guy that I, 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 I've read a number of his books, but a guy named Simon Sinek, I think put it best, but, you know, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Um, and, you know, a lot of the issues that, you know, we're seeing nationally um, from the public school world, I think also have a lot to do with the disassociation between the initiative and the district's mission. Um, you know, why, what is their goal? What are they looking to achieve? And, you know, when, when John, you had asked before, do you find yourself playing offense or defense more often? You know, the way that we operate is, you know, rather than working to promote a series of disconnected events or activities or programs, we want to make sure that there is a firmly established understanding of why the district is what it is. Why do people teach? What are they looking to do? What is their mission? What is their objective? And then, you know, work with the district to help articulate how each activity, how, whether it's, learning how to count in, uh, you know, elementary school class all the way to, you know, implementing an IB curriculum, um, you know, at the high school level, how does that further the district's mission and why are they doing this? Because a lot of times what happens is now that everyone is listening, that's the big change that I've seen from the pandemic is that, you know, now everyone has their, their, you know, is listening to what's going on and, if there are holes in the narrative, they fill them for themselves. And, you know, we as communicators, the most important thing is to be transparent and listen to the community and give the community a voice so that we can hear what they want, hear what they're saying, and find a way for the district's mission to incorporate what the community wants. That's why all districts are locally autonomous in the first place. Um, 
you know, that, that is the school board, the, the business official, you know, mantra is, you know, let's, let's find a budget and an operating, you know, program that fits with what our community wants and the needs of our community. You know, what, what we're, you know, the, 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 the thing that I, I, I think is really important just to, to push is that, you know, whether it's about, you know, the, the, the politically divisive or the socially divisive aspects, the most important thing for districts to convey is why it is that they're doing what they're doing and what they're looking to accomplish and help the community understand, you know, what the big picture is, because everyone can argue about the nitty gritty and why, you know, the individual ways in which that mission manifests. Why are you doing a calculus B instead of calculus A? Why do you have, you know, this unit before that unit? There could be arguments on that level, but the goal is to get higher than that, to focus on the big picture so that the community, you know, you're working alongside the community in locks, not maybe not in lockstep, but, you know, in coordination and cooperation to, you know, provide your students with the resources they need to excel and succeed. That's awesome. So I wanted to just, um, you know, you guys are really brought to the perspective here of the huge importance that you have and the critical role that you play in helping school districts PR, whether it be to supplement or to actually allow them to, to make their most uh, ideal responses um, and sometimes in not the most favorable times. And so with that, you know, I know one of the things that just came out today out here, Ryan, you probably saw is Cold Spring Harbor, right? Um, you know, they just had these, uh, you know, Child Victims Act cases that they just settled, um, a hu- huge amount of money. So, I mean, not to expound on that at all, right? That's part of, you know, what happens in district to district, uh, the things that do occur. Um, however, we do want to know for our listeners, I mean, something like this or other things similar, um, what have there been, you know, recently as far as unfavorable, um, you know, events that schools should be aware of and maybe try to get out in front of? Yeah, you think like yeah, Cold Spring Harbor is one in terms of unfavorable events. Security issues are a big thing right now. Uh, in terms of what districts should be aware of and what are they doing, it's even we know Newsday is looking at security, both cybersecurity and physical security. We've uh, unfortunately had several of our clients who have had security breaches that we've had to help them deal with. And, you know, part of it is, one, taking a look at some of the breaches that have occurred. Uh, if you haven't had one and we're working with some districts on that in terms of what should the security procedures be, what should the security measures be? And one of the things that we've also spoken with a lot of our districts about is technology is one thing. And a lot of districts are putting in all the technology. You have the man traps at the entrances and you have automatic lockdown doors, et cetera, and you have cameras and whatnot. But still in today's world, the human factor is still very critical. And what are we doing and what are districts doing to make sure that the human aspect of the security paradigm is kept abreast because quite honestly in several of the districts we work with where there was security issues it came down to the human factor not the technology factor but the human factor that in a sense failed and it and we look at that and that's some of the things that districts need to look at we do believe this whole you know the book banning issues 
and what are districts looking at and how will they deal with it? Because if it hasn't come up in a district yet, nothing, you know, there's nothing to say that it won't in the future. That's starting to spread. It's That's across the country, let alone here on Long Island. And it's it's hit several of our districts. They've had to put in and put in procedures and protocols on how they're vetting their books now and what to do with that. And we would, you know, say to districts, you need to start looking at that. If you haven't yet, you need to start looking at it because it you'd rather be ahead of the game than now reacting to a bunch of parents showing up and saying, we want you to ban these books. We're going to have a book burning party and whatnot, which one district actually had in front of the administration building. Wow. Uh, these are... These are issues that districts are going to have to start looking at. Jake, if you want to add any. No, the, 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 I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, just in just, just uh, some of the issues that, you know, are cropping up, you know, now, even before the school year starts. Um, but to, to your point, you know, Jack about, you know, the, and, and Coulter Harbor is not a client just in, in disclosure that we, we don't work with them. Um, but you know, going back to what I was saying before is, you know, context is the most important thing, you know, in, as I understand the Cold Spring Harbor situation, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, these are things that a lot of districts are, are dealing with when it comes to, you know, lawsuits or settlements or, or anything along those lines. You know, the most important thing, again, is to be transparent and provide that context. You know, in maybe generation—I don't want to say years past, but in generations past, or or maybe even years past—you know, saying this is what we decided to do, and we think it's the right way to go. Trust us is no longer a viable communications option, only because it leads to more skepticism and it leads to more questions. Um, Whenever a district comes to us with, you know, a similar, you know, issue or, you know, something that they're going to have to relay to the community that they're sure the community is not going to like or, or not going to, you know, going to be upset about, um, you know, like an unplanned settlement or, or anything along those lines. The most important thing, similar to what Cold Spring Harbor had done, you know, I had to read the Newsday story, but as was, you know, reported in Newsday, you know, they were very upfront about, you know, what this settlement is, why they chose to go this route, um, what it means to the community. Um, you know, those kinds of things are essential from a communication standpoint, whenever you're dealing with any kind of situation, you know, whether it's, um, a security issue that Ron was just bringing up or a safety issue that, you know, maybe the school can't provide such specific uh, information at the time because it's a police matter or because it could breach confidentiality regulations. You know, the most important thing a district can do is explain that, right? Listen, we can't tell you the name of the student or we can't give you personal information of, about this situation. However, this is what occurred and this is what we can tell you right now. And this is what we're doing, um, mostly because the, you know, and this maybe goes into another segment when it is more about crisis situations. The situation itself is oftentimes not as 
vital to the story and the legs the story has as the district's response to it. Right. Right. If there is an unfortunate, you know, an inappropriate relationship between, you know, a staff member and a student or an inappropriate thing happening um, at a district level, what matters most is that the district took it seriously. Right. Because if there's a question as to whether the district is taking it seriously, no matter what the situation is, it could be as little as low test scores or as little as, you know, that's not a very little thing, but could be as little as, as anything. As long as the district shows that it's taking it seriously, that response is, you know, connects to the district's you know, overall mission. What I was going back to before is, you know, making sure that not just that people understand the big picture of, of what the district is looking to accomplish, but also that they're walking the walk. Because you could talk the talk all day, but if you could show that you're walking the walk, it provides confidence in what the district is saying. And a lot of times those districts that are having those problems are having an activity issue between what their mission is and what their objectives are and that communication between the community. There's a, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, and I think if a, if a district has a lack of response, that could even perpetuate an issue further. And what could have been addressed and maybe Absolutely. put to bed now just snowballs into something even more. Trust issues, like you said, Jake. I mean, it's it can be very complicated, very convoluted as well. The important thing is is also to be upfront and transparent. Again, because of the world we live in, and we've seen this, and it's it's our discussions with lawyers sometimes too. You know, lawyers... Would love yeah. to say no comment. And, <laughs> and a lot of times in this world, you can't do that anymore. Between social media, yeah. with parents calling the press before they even call the district about issues, you really you can't try to hide things. As I said, we've, we've had this happen with certain districts because the lawyers basically you know, dictated what the response couldn't, couldn't, include and one of the things that we've said is okay you know and unfortunately sometimes it's the lawyer's final decision right but we also had you know had to do our due diligence and let the district know this is going to come back at you you are not telling these things people know that they happened they existed it's going to come out the press is going to ask you about it and you can't sit there and say no comment because then they're they're creating the story and you're allowing the outside world to create your story. And when that happens, you typically end up on the wrong side of, of the deal. It's in, and, and then truly you are, you're responding purely from a reactionary defensive standpoint. And, you know, and sometimes there is no way to do that effectively because you've allowed yourself to be pushed down and the story to get out there to such an extent you're not going to be able to overcome it. You're not going to be able to mitigate it very well at all. So, you know, one of the things we say is you've got to put this information out ahead of time. They're going to know about it anyway. Let's see how we can frame it so that from a legal standpoint, you're not putting the district in jeopardy, but let's put this information out there. It is better if it gets out there and we deal with the initial blowback that might occur than a humongous blowback that happens later on. Right, and I think, you know, doing so kind of, hopefully put you in control of that narrative the best exactly. you can, right? You're not reactionary anymore. So, 
we've hit on a lot of different individual issues today, but um, I have a challenge for you, Jake. Can you maybe boil it down to what is kind of the most difficult part of your job right now? And we focused on a lot of issues. Maybe we can balance that out. What do you? What brings you most joy in what you do as well? Huh, well, I mean, those were, there were a lot of questions in that question. Um, <laughs> I would say the thing that I enjoy the most is the puzzles. You know, I, I've always been a, uh, I don't know, I've, I've always been fascinated and, and, you know, love to put, you know, things together to tell the right story and to, to put the puzzle together. And, you know, the, the coolest part about working in the public school arena is, you know, again, the autonomy that every district has and the fact that they are, you know, dealing with both, you know, dealing with the, 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 the local interests and, and, you know, working to communicate and connect with their, the, the people that they serve locally. Um, so it's, you know, be having your, your, for lack of a better phrase, you know, finger on the pulse of what's going on in the community and, you know, understanding what some of the issues that, you know, matter to them, what is, what maybe some of the rumblings are so that, you know, you could address them early before they become, you know, blown up issues. Um, but I think the, the most interesting aspect of it now is, you know, as Ron was saying before, things have kind of gotten topsy-turvy a little bit from, you know, the 80s, 90s with the the trope of, you know, maybe not the trope, that's wrong, the motif of, you know, all politics is local. You know, in today's world, all politics is national. And, you know, right. finding yeah. a way to localize the national narrative is probably the most important thing for districts to, you know, find ways to do, um, solely because their community is bombarded with the national news cycle more than, you know, the local side of it. So if there is a way for, you know, what, what our team does is we're analyzing the news cycle on a regular basis so that we can find you know, we're in line with the superintendents and the school districts and the business officials to, you know, understand what initiatives are coming forward, what the new initiatives are that districts are looking to promote and highlight so that the communities know what kind of services are available to them and the resources that are available to their students. Um, and, you know, how can we connect that to what people are conscious and aware of? So whether it's, you know, a new college corner at a school district where, you know, there are guidance counselors available, all the FAFSA forms are printed out, the general application is printed out for you. You don't have to worry about going home and finding all the resources on your own. You know, there is someone there who can help you find the information about that scholarship, fill out that form that, you know, maybe you, you and your parents don't know how to do it um, or aren't familiar with it. You know, that is, you know, when it comes to, you know, the affirmative action issues that are, are being, you know, so widely talked about and are going to be a big issue 
um, as the school district, you know, the school year begins um, and, and kids start, you know, filling out their applications for the first time. Um, and, you know, in, in, you know, some communities, you know, that is a really important thing for them to highlight because it connects to the national narrative. You know, I was mentioning before career and technical education as, you know, maybe the, the national push goes toward professional licensing and a lack of plumbers or, you know, a need for certain industries, you know, with, you know, the, um, you know, the infrastructure bill that, that was passed lately, you know, last year, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the big pushes for, you know, job opportunities that exist on a national scale, how can, you know, the Valley Stream 24 elementary school, school district highlight how they're, you know, pushing for, you know, students to be, you know, put on the path towards success. You know, how can a school district connect to what people are seeing on a national level and show that, you know, we're, you know, we're doing it right and we're doing what you need us to do. Great. So Jake, um, you know, this has been really enlightening uh, from you and uh, Ron's perspective, and uh, it's so much. I, I think even in taking and absorb right now, I'm still like digesting a lot of the things that you guys do and the importance, right? Um, so, what we want to do here, just as we wrap up um, and close uh, this uh, session, we we do always ask our our guests to come on, um, and I guess give this single piece of advice, the biggest piece of advice you can give, right? To our colleagues, whether they're new or seasoned SBOs. So if you don't mind, you know, whether or not um, they have a PR firm or if they do, um, what would you tell any one of our peers listening? Context is key. You know, context is the most important thing. And transparency, sorry, Con- context and transparency, but they go hand in hand. Um, okay. As you're pushing out, you know, budget information, as you're pushing out, um, you know, grant funding that you're, you know, receiving help, help your community understand the full loop of what that is, you know, what you're going to be spending the money on, why it's something that's valuable and how it connects to the district's narrative and, mes- and message or, or and, and mission, excuse me. Um, because anytime there's something that's open-ended, that's where, you know, you go on your heels and you have to dispel misconceptions as opposed to, you know, pushing the truth. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's it, it, as concise as could be. That's the most important thing. To oh, okay. Just oh, that's great. Excellent transparency. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well, Jake and Ron, thank you so much for your time today. This is a lot to digest and a lot to consider. And I don't see your jobs getting any easier as time moves forward. As, That's the fun you know, part. We, t- we talked about the, the multiple issues, <laughs> right? But hey, if you can put those yeah. puzzle pieces together and make it work for school districts, all the better. But at any rate, thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It really was a pleasure. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. A lot of information, a little bit longer oh. of an episode than normal, but a, yeah. I mean, well worth it. It was it was longer, but listen, you know, as things change, right? I think the biggest things, um, and I like to use your word, glean, that we can glean off of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is really how the shift from news and the perception, right? Like they said, when news started coming around the 80s and how everything's more localized to how it's more national and how these things, you know, can 
really adversely affect your district. So right. um, it's important, I think, more than ever, um, you know, whether you have internal or not, but to have some folks. And it's hard, as you said, to manage one person. You need to have tough. multiple hands and eyes, especially with the social media game, as that, that dynamic itself, right, is, is something that sometimes you could lose, uh, you know, handle of. But at the end of the day, this is a great episode. So I'm glad, and you know, I, I do utilize them and it's just separate, you know, not um, uh, an endorsement uh, for them, but just more along the lines of just anybody having PR. Um, in schools is, is um, imperative nowadays. Yeah, it's crucial. Getting the message out there and getting it out there correctly is, is super important. But thank you all today for tuning in and we'll see you next week. 